nothing like a planetary blockade to improve trade relations. Remind me how that works again? It's simple, we do what the seventh Darth Citrus sister says and nothing will go wrong. Ah, I've got a bad feeling about this. Maybe I'm finally feeling the Force. It's never the Force, probably just dodgy lunch. Those colo claw fish eggs are always a risk. Ah, good, the ambassadors are here. What? They're Jedi Knights? I knew it! They're here to force a settlement. Distract them. Are you brain dead? I'm not going in there with two Jedi. Send a droid. Oh, okay, don't panic. They can't be that powerful. Let's begin landing troops on the planet. We won't survive this. And send out those droid cars. I'm sorry, the what? Droid cars, damn it. Don't you know anything about Trade Federation tech? Sorry, I was only appointed to Viceroy recently, you know. Oh yes, uh, what happened to your predecessor? <sighs> Jedi. God damn those arrogant SJWs, why must they oppose good, honest, ruthless trade? Well, interest rates are sky high right now. Some say space capitalism has failed the common sentient being. Preposterous! Uh, they might have some fair points. They can literally commune with the past and future, after all. Really? I thought it was more of a vague sense. No, not so. They're basically provided with audio logs through time and space. Oh, who knew? Oh no! Here they come! Close the bastards! They are still coming through! This is impossible! Where are those droider cars? I've honestly never heard anyone say that word before. How are you spelling it? Uh -huh, they are no match for the droider cars. Whatever you say, Viceroy. Sir! They've gone up the ventilation shaft! Shafted? Now we will never be rid of them. Curse you, Jedi. I'm no Sith Lord. Sith Lackey. <laughs> Sith Lord Lackey. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to use that version. Oh my god, I'm going to use that version. Uh, and I am no Jedi sympathizer. I am Ben. And this is... Pixel Vision! Fuck it out. Are we ready to rock and roll? Yeah, we're ready. It's just we're both Let's doing funny it. little stretches, so I wasn't uh, sure. Well, just stretch it out. I mean, it's it's a, it's 11.53 right here as we speak, so I've got what, a... PM? Yeah, PM. I've got to keep myself awake. I've got a sugary mango smoothie style drink. Oh, fucking hell, mate. That is late, to be fair. You're in Nam, aren't you? Uh, no, in Thailand now. But in both Vietnam and Thailand, the delivery services for food and drink are truly exceptional and incredibly cheap. So, yeah, you can get anything you want almost any time of the day just by bike to your door. It's awesome. Sponsored by the Tourist Board of Thailand and Vietnam. <laughs> mm. Well, from uh, globe trotter to galaxy trotter. Yes. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. Been a while since we played a game with a colon in the title. Has it? Have we been consciously avoiding them or is it just 
unconscious bias towards those without the code on. Maybe there's just been a little break, a natural break in the games. It feels like it was a long time ago and a galaxy far, far away that we were talking about colons in titles. Yeah, it's true. It has, it has been a while. And to be honest, a long time since I've played a Star Wars game as well, I think. I had to do a Google of the ones that I played previously just to give myself a refresher of what they were like. Because, yeah, they're hazy in my mind. But have you played a fair number? Because there's been a fair number, so I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, probably only in a drop in the ocean of the amount that have actually been made, to be fair. Yeah, especially if you consider the Lego Star Wars games as well. Well, I played some of those. I played like a broad range of them. Like the ones that stick out for me were Shadows of the Empire way back in the day. That's the third person one. The Force Unleashed, which is perhaps the one this is most similar to. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I enjoyed the Force Unleashed. Yeah, Force Unleashed was good. Um, and my personal favourite, Pod Racer. Pod Racer was more of a actual racing game, wasn't it? Like kind of wipeout vibes, but on Star Wars. Yeah, and I'm not into racing games, but I thought that game was was very good indeed. Wow, look at that! It's the galaxy famous Gaz Gano in his custom Ord Padrovia. And are you a Star Wars fan in general? Would you say big fan of the Star Wars universe? The endlessly disordered franchise that is? Uh, I'm like a medium fan. A medium fan. I wouldn't go to a convention. And I'm probably more likely to go and see a Star Wars film at the cinema than I am another film, if that makes sense. So maybe if a Star Wars film comes out, there's like a 20% chance that I'll go and see it at the cinema. Whereas with other films, it's much, much lower. Like the fact that it's Star Wars means I might make the effort to go to the cinema just because I've got that connection to going to see Phantom Menace so many times as a kid. So many times. It's so funny how for you Phantom Menace was a draw. Like when you sent that thing, I was like, of all the films to be referencing in the intro, why are we choosing Phantom Menace? Oh, uh, it's definitely, it's my favourite, but it's also the most, most meme worthy. Oh, just all of the fans that it pissed off. It's so funny. Yeah, because it's so bad. <laughs> so funny. The Phantom Menace was 18 months ago, Tim. I know, Bilbo. Okay, just, it still hurts. No, that kid wanted a Jar Jar doll. Kids like Jar Jar. Why? What about the Ewoks? Hey, they were rubbish. You don't complain about them. Yeah, but Jar Jar Binks makes the Ewoks look like fucking Shaft. Well, quick fire round then. Have you seen The Mandalorian? I don't know if you heard, but the Empire is gone. No. Because these are the recent ones, aren't they? What about the book of Boba Fett? This is the way. No. What about Obi-Wan Kenobi, which in fairness just launched and I think is only on episode three as we speak. When the time comes, he must be trained. No, but I did read a review and it does sound good. It does sound good, actually, doesn't it? Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. Um, but I, too, have not seen any of those series. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I did love Rogue One... I didn't really enjoy the most kind of recent trilogy and I didn't watch Solo, a Star Wars story. So I wouldn't say I'm a big fan either, to be honest. Mm. And we'll get into why that is. But part of it, at least, is because isn't there at least a little bit of you that just feels like this cash cow is so well and truly milked? Mm. it's morphed from a cash cow into a dead horse and they're flogging it. <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's been a dead a dead horse cash 
cow, which they've been flogging for quite some time. But basically it shows, it's like with every passing film or game, whatever thing that's created, there's more and more like canonical stuff, which apparently like has to be in the next thing. So many like little references to the other films in this, that it's almost like a tidal wave of references basically <laughs> to, to former Star Wars content that you kind of feel like, yeah, it's drowning in that a bit. So it's like, it's hard for it to escape out and be its own thing when it's like weighed down by the past. Totally. And actually this is what I felt about this game as well. So not just new Star Wars content in general, but I especially found this with this game is it feels derivative of itself as well as derivative of every other like adventure game. And also like it feels like a parody of itself as well. The script, mm. it, it's like a fortune cookie script. I mean, it reminded me of writing the bulletins at Five Live because it's like, how many times can you regurgitate a theme? Like the same story in one line. Let's get the headlines. Listen on BBC Sounds. This is BBC Radio Five Live. Police are looking for a man who they believe stabbed a 14-year-old boy to death during an attack in Manchester. Police are searching for a man wanted in connection with the death of a 14-year-old boy in Manchester. A search is underway to find a man in connection with the stabbing of a 14-year-old. Police in Manchester are looking for a man who's suspected of stabbing a teenager to death and wounding his mother, the 15-year-old boy... What? I thought you said he was 14. ..and the police officer who came to the rescue of two Ed Sheeran fans. But in this, it's just, like, the same idea, but just rephrased endlessly yeah. as Jedi wisdom. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering <laughs> to be fair I, I didn't hate the script i didn't hate the script as much as it sounded like maybe you did um, but yeah derivative that was the word that i was thinking of if it's negative it's derivative but if it's positive it's a reference hmm. well this one was released in 2019 november it's not that old felt pretty fresh i think graphically and visually and had some new tech in there didn't it because there was a cast of characters that were recognizable as actual actors yeah definitely went on the imdb because I, I mean i didn't know that until i went on the imdb afterwards what you didn't recognize forrest whitaker oh i recognized forrest whitaker to be fair yeah you're right when i saw him when i saw him i was like hmm, that's definitely a real person's face in this game yeah so forrest whitaker's in there as saw guerrera and also the um tony amendola as well not to be confused with 24's Tony Almeida. What if Jack Bauer's right? What if that Cypress recording was forged and we're about to bomb three innocent countries? Are you going to tell me that's not relevant? But he's from Stargate and Mask of Zorro, and he's the guy who plays Cordova. And is, even though the name isn't super catchy, Amandala, mm. his face is very recognisable. Yeah, Didn't is, you think? It? Like, as soon yeah, as I is. saw Cordova, I was like, oh my God, that guy's in everything. What do I know him from? Kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Forrest Wicker, you picked up on the most... He's definitely the most famous person in it, isn't he? The others, I didn't recognise their faces as actors, so presumably you didn't have that thing that you had with Norman Reedus, which was... <laughs> which was, oh, I don't want to see a, a real person's face in my game. No, I mean, I didn't really have that, to be honest. That wasn't much of a factor. But that being said, I do think the others... I don't know whether it's better to say they're not as famous or whether they're not as familiar to us, because mm. the guy who plays Cal is from Showtime's Shameless series. And he was also in the Gotham series, which I haven't seen, but I know both of those things were really big. Mm. So it could just be that we're not familiar with him as an actor. Yeah. I didn't particularly like him, I've got to say. No offence to the guy. Sorry, Cameron Monaghan. 
but I thought he was a bit lacking in charisma, as most of the cast were, I think. Mm, he was a bit flat. Basically just a bit of a wet blanket. Yeah, which isn't what you want from a Jedi, is it really? No. I did write down that the dialogue was too sincere and there was one one piece of dialogue I thought was quite funny where he approaches someone with his lightsaber. I think it could be Forrest Whitaker, actually, who plays one of the rebels in it, one of the rebel leaders. And he says something like, what are you doing with that lightsaber? Did you get it off a corpse? Get it off a corpse? And the main character, Cal's like, My master gave it to me. Uh, no, my master gave it to me. But he kind of says it in a, like a really sincere, like, my, my master, master gave, gave it, to, it me. to me. It's like, come on, mate. <laughs> you sound so pathetic. My master gave it to me. <laughs> so yeah, that that's a good example of what his character's like. I actually have some lines written down as well. But before we get there, I think it, we've got to keep with tradition and hear your tear monologue about what we can expect from this episode of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, that's the name of the game. It's a third-person action RPG light, like really light RPG. And you play as Cal Kestis, we said already. You start off as a Jedi on the run from the Empire. And yeah, it's set after Revenge of the Sith. So the Empire have just taken over, like they've killed all the Jedi. And I don't even want to spoil the start because it's kind of quite fun the start. But anyway, you come out of hiding and you start on your mission to find this thing called the Holocron, which is basically a map to all of the Force-sensitive children in the galaxy. And so you, along with your small crew of companions who find you and help you, Grease, the lovable pilot alien of the ship, classic Star Wars, and a former Jedi, Seer, you set off to find this holocron, following all the different clues that Seer's old master and Cordova has set for you. Along the way, you hack and slash. Well, maybe not. Hack and slash is unfair because the combat's a lot more Dark Souls-like than, I don't know, something like The Force Unleashed. But yeah, you make your way across the galaxy until eventually you find it and events unfold. Yeah, I think that more or less does it. So Grease, because you sort of alluded to their their. What's the word I'm looking for? Sort of buddy comedy, like, hoo Yeah, exactly. They're going for the Guardians of the Galaxy style sort of chumminess banter on the little spaceship, aren't they? I'm going to make some breakfast. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to be fair, Star Wars probably did that first, didn't it? I mean, there's just always an alien on the ship who is there for comic relief, like Chewbacca. Etc. And did you think Grease was good comet relief? Uh, I quite liked Grease, yeah. Like, he wasn't terrible. He was quite vulnerable, wasn't he? Quite a vulnerable character, I felt. I thought that definitely came across. Maybe, insofar as he's scared of everything. But I mean, <laughs> one of the things about this that you say are, oh, you know, there's always a character on the ship. And like, mm. we've already referenced it as a bit de- derivative. But I think it's really interesting that in certain products, we lean into tropes. Like with Star Wars, 
we talk about them as like, oh, it's classic Star Wars. Like, there's a lot of classic Star Wars scenes in this. Like, you creep up behind these uh, stormtroopers and you headbutt them together. And there's another moment you're like climbing up a, a strider or a walker or whatever they're called. And like, there's a crashed ship onto a planet, which is very reminiscent of the early Star Wars films, or probably every Star Wars film, to be fair. R2? R2! And, and like, those seem like you can view them in two lights. You can view them as like, oh, this is so Star Wars. R2! Mm. Or you can view them as like, fuck me, I made this out of ideas. <laughs> that they're doing the same thing and calling it homage in every single episode. Yeah, to be fair, I think, I mean, you, you are spot on with that. But I did, I definitely did lean in more to like, oh, Star Wars rather than, oh. Star Wars. I found the <laughs> references and stuff sharp. Like, because, like, a little bit, I don't know, it's just a little bit over the edge of self known So, like, that planet, the first planet that you go to that you mentioned, after an extended intro sequence, is called Bogano. And, like, no prizes for guessing what biome that planet is. It's a giant fucking bog. <laughs> and they, like, literally called it Bogano. And, like, it's just exactly like the one Yoda's on in the films. Mm -hmm. I feel like... <laughs> Like we're being watched. Away, put your weapon. I mean you no harm. I didn't think they were out of ideas. I thought they did that on purpose to be funny. But maybe I'm being too generous. No, I mean, in fairness, I do think they're playing it for the fans. Like every mm. new Star Wars thing is for the fans, right? Mm. Like the reason we've we listed three series that are all produced and actively produced within the last couple of years. And I didn't even mention the films like Force Awakens, Last Jedi, etc. Rise of the Skywalker or whatever else. The reason they keep producing those is because there are so many people who do just lean into that. Mm. So cards on the stable, on, on the stable? Cards on the stable with the dead horse in it. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not leaning into that that much. So okay. apologies in advance to listeners who are like, ah, oh, this is so unfair to the franchise. So maybe you can you can be that voice, Taya. All right, it's a deal. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> I won't have to try very hard because it's definitely how I felt while I was playing the game. That's good. That is good. I mean, one of the reasons that I don't love the Star Wars franchise, but also why I didn't love this game, even if we just start with story, which seems a logical place to start, yeah, yeah. is that it doesn't really offer anything fresh, even in terms of plot. So it's always light, dark. It's very dichotomous, like the two-dimensional villainy, hmm. literally the dark side of the force or the light side. And... The people who are villains are mindlessly in pursuit of power. I think they're all dressed in black when you meet them in this game. Mm. All the villains are in black. All the goodies aren't. There's never a sense of nuance that creeps in, which isn't true of the original Star Wars films, mm. to be fair. I want to point out as well, because you had characters like Lando, who I remember was a bit of a shade of grey, I would have said. The only character that he's even close to that in this is Forrest Whitaker's Saw Gerrera. Mm. But even then, they introduce him as like, oh, maybe make some questionable decisions on the battlefield. Mm. And they're very clear that you're not meant to endorse those decisions, mm. even if they make sound, you know, practical sense. Even if they're effective, yeah. So, I don't know. I just think it's a little bit like it all just boils down to that simplistic premise. Every, every Star Wars outing, mm. this one included. Yeah, yeah. Their motivations are very black and white, for sure. For sure. And yeah, well, we might, it's probably a good time to mention it. Like, I thought 
the casting decisions of the Sith in this were pretty brave. Like your main rival is played by a black person. And yeah, well, in fact, I'm going to spoil too much if I carry on. But suffice to say, all characters which are tempted by the dark side of the force in this game are black. So, yeah, I I didn't quite know what to do with that other than remark on it and think that it was quite a brave casting decision. I didn't even notice that. When I was commenting on how they're black before, I meant they're literally dressed in black, like your classic Darth Vader outfit or your like hooded man. Is Trilla black? She's from the Dominican Republic or her parents, I should say. She's actually from New York. Right. Okay. I mean, that is interesting. But hang on, some of the good characters are as well, though, right? So, like, that's just a diverse cast. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you come to find out Sia, like, so so Sia, your, your main, like, partner in crime. The game can't decide whether she's Sia or Sare, can it? Have you noticed that? <laughs> what, did they miss Sare? <laughs> yeah, some of them would say, oh, Sare says this, and others would be like, Sia says this. You, well, you find this out pretty quickly about her. So, basically, she used to be a Jedi, but then a moment happened and she got really tempted by the dark side, so she cut herself off from the Force for that reason. And another character as well, which I won't reveal until the end because it's too much of a spoiler. I think we're going to need to go into why Sia cut herself off from the Force because it's jokes. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Continuing with the story though, it takes you to these seven planets and I think some of them are very referential to the planets that we know, but I think they are unique to this game. And they're pretty... I actually really like the planets. I think they're diverse Mm -hmm. in terms of landscape the terrain's pretty interesting i mean generic don't get me wrong like there's a there's an icy one there's a swampy one there's a deserty one it's not again nuanced but it's it's interesting and i think there's enough reason to move between them and you spend enough time on each that by and large they feel pretty fresh when you visit right Mm, yeah for sure and the the level design as well I mentioned Dark Souls in the intro, but it's definitely taken a lot of influence from that game in that you'll explore linear paths, but then they interconnect as you explore further. So you unlock shortcuts, circle back on yourself, find little hidden tunnels like here and there. So yeah, I I thought the level design was really satisfying to explore and walk through. Not the map design though. (laughs) Level design, map design. That's what I mean, the same thing. Well, no, but the level design is how the level plays out. Whereas the map design is what it looks like when you're looking at its little fucking hologram in 3D (laughs) with gaps everywhere and you can't tell whether you're up or down. I knew you wouldn't like that. Jesus Christ. I knew you wouldn't like that. Well, it's no Resident Evil, is it? Jesus. It's not the clearest, but I think it was quite evocative of like being in the moment of the game opening the map and it coming out of your little droid friend bd1 i don't think we've actually mentioned yet but it's quite a big presence in the film the film calling it a film the game (laughs) well it's because very cinematic yeah yeah. again we can talk about so yeah it's not the clearest but i I did think the map was kind of cool i mean it definitely fits aesthetically Mm. it's just not very functional i mean i guess it is functional that's unfair it's not very usefully laid out i wouldn't say well i guess like one of the problems would be that the the maps are actually well, quite a lot more complicated than a map on something like Resident Evil, which can be really easily boiled down to like the floor plan of a building. Mm. Whereas this is like multiple levels interconnecting, like I said. So just a bit, a little bit harder to represent, isn't it? In defense of Resident Evil, that's also multiple levels. You just change which floor you're on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can still do a 2D thing. Uh, but have you ever looked at the... I mean, obviously it's not as big as Subnautica, but have you ever looked at a map of Subnautica? We probably talked about it on the Subnautica episode, didn't we? Oh my God, yeah, that is mad. And it's like, pff, like it's hard to take it all in, isn't it? But the difference with a game like that is it's designed to be explored in a really open way. Mm. Whereas this isn't. Like you say, this is, okay, it's got varied paths, but there's only like sort of three or four of them you can't go in any direction at any time like you can in an ocean Mm. so in this i don't think it necessarily the complexity of the map needs to correlate quite with the complexity of the world it could be a bit more simple but anyway feel like too much map talk bd1 (laughs) exactly like little wooly didn't you think he was like wooly i did and as it happens he's voiced by the same person Wally. Fuck off. Yeah, really. Get the fuck out of here. No, I cannot. It's serious. I didn't even know he had a voice. I know, me neither. I thought they just made these sounds on computers, but apparently not. Go to the IMDb and you'll find in the actor's credits, shame I can't remember his name, it's like Brad, Brett, Burt or something. And he also did the voice of Wally and like loads of other droids and characters in Star Wars. I think he might have even done Chewbacca. Not very mechanical, but... A sound. Honestly, I just assumed they were synth noises. I don't mm. understand how there's a voice actor behind them. I mean, maybe it's like us in the intros, just being like, yeah. There you go. Give me a gig. <laughs> it's like when you find out someone acted Gollum, isn't it? It's like I thought it was just. What? No, it's not like that. <laughs> that was a joke. Andy said. That was a joke. Oh, right. <laughs> Sneaky little witches. Wicked. Man, you delivered that as so deadpan. I was like, wait, hang on a minute. Andy Serkis is a hero. Didn't he win an Oscar for that? Probably. Oh, man. Anyway, somewhat sidetracked. Well, the story, I mean, I, I got to admit, like when you are finally released and like you get the mission from the past, from Endor Cordova, which again, I'm going to say it anyway, even though you picked up on it, in classic Star Wars, Star Wars told through you through holograms. So it's like messages which he's given. It's just exactly what like happens with R2-D2 and Luke in the original trilogy. Like you sort of unlock these little hologram videos from the past of this person talking. Yeah. This recording, one of many encrypted logs stored in the droid. I am Master Eno Cordova. I may not know your name, but I know your purpose. The fate of the Jedi Order lies in your hands. But anyway, yeah, and he says, like, oh, you've got to explore the three tombs to, like, find the clues to the thing. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> three tombs. You've got to be kidding me. I know. But I do think it propels itself forward well throughout the game. Like, I did always feel like, oh, yeah, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. I never felt like it was a drag at any moment, basically just because I was enjoying playing through it, I think. And I did really enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's what it's got going for it. I had a lot of issues with it, but by and large, the exploration and the adventuring that you do Mm. felt quite fun, felt quite satisfying. Mm. So I didn't really care about why I was doing it, like almost to a point where they could have just told me where to go and dropped a story, which I mean, on a very basic level, they basically do do, especially because when we get to spoiler territory at the end, you realise this MacGuffin you've been chasing the whole fucking way through is about to be proved pointless. Yeah, that was annoying. So they may as well just have been like, go this way and fight some shit. And I actually quite enjoyed doing that. That was absolutely fine. I quite enjoyed the classic RPG style leveling up. In general, spending talent points was quite satisfying. Mm. I've got to say the the Dark Souls 
you know, in this, there's these runes, like I think you mentioned already that you meditate at, and when you meditate, it saves your experience and saves whatever. Mm. Whereas if you get killed, you lose it all, and you have to go back and fight that enemy again to get it. That's all pretty pretty standard from software stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty standard from software stuff, but it's like, I mean, they've got the stabilizers on big time with it. Like, there's nothing in this game which is as punishing as a From Software game, I don't think. Nah, I was going to say, because I played this on, I think, um, Jedi Master, which is, like, not the hardest one, but the one below. Mm. If, if you think of it as, like, easy, normal, hard, very hard, which is the way I like to think of it, then I could say that I played it on hard. Mm. I think I played it at the one above that, then. Oh, what? You played it on super hard, did you? No, no, no. The, the second below. So maybe it was the same one. It's called Jedi Knight. Yeah, I think we probably played in the same one. Because yeah. it was like, it gave you a sense of satisfaction. It was hard enough that I died exactly, sort yeah. of sometimes four or five times against a boss, but never yeah. so many times that I was Sekiro-style smashing shit. Yeah, and actually Sekiro is a good um, touchstone for it because certainly the boss battles, it's really going for that, like learn their attack patterns, a lot of parrying and dodging, attacking when you get the opportunity rather than like hacking at them, running away, hacking at them, running away. Yeah. Whatever. So yeah, I like the I like the boss battles. I thought they were really well designed. They're definitely a lot easier than Sekiro. Hmm. Either that, or I somehow developed patience between that no. one and this one. <laughs> nah, it's definitely just an easy game <laughs> for sure, in a good way. Like you say, like it, it, it's never frustrating, but it still gets your your blood pumping a little bit when you get like close to the end of defeating a boss, which is I think where you where most people want to be they don't always want to cruise through it yeah and especially if you've played through a couple of areas and maybe got quite a few experience points or you encounter a new enemy because the game introduces new enemies as you progress obviously and sometimes you see a new enemy and you think ah oh, shit I've not fought one of these before it looks pretty hard <laughs> I've got a load of points under my belt so I don't really want to lose this battle but I mean as with those games running away is pretty much always an option in this isn't it yeah for sure and I've got to say cowardly me did do that a fair amount of times I can't remember yeah I, pro I probably did as well I usually do just because you want to stash you want to stash those points and then level up some of the talents are quite expensive. Like, throwing a lightsaber, I didn't unlock in my entire playthrough. Oh, really? It's the only one I didn't unlock, I think, but it was three points, and I just never had three points that I wanted to spend on that one ability. Mm. I did, but I only used it, like, three times or something, so you probably aren't missing, but it, yeah, it's fun. But like you say, like, it's a shame, really, because the talents are quite varied, and the progression throughout the game, so not every ability you have is unlocked through leveling. It's also unlocked just as the story unfolds. That's mostly the case for extra force powers, like force push, force pull, slow time, I think you get at the beginning. But that's really nice because it does really feel like you're getting more powerful as the game goes on. But initially I was a bit disappointed because thinking back to the Force Unleashed, that game was really, really fun for just being able to like pull anything around you from like the environment and like chuck it at stormtroopers and stuff. And there wasn't really, well, there literally wasn't any of that in this which is a bit of a shame absolutely man i couldn't agree more my biggest disappointment of the whole thing is that as a jedi i just expected i'd have so much more control over the force and even mm. force push and pull like the time it takes you to actually do that it makes it not like that useful like the best one is just pulling people straight onto your lightsaber that kind of becomes a habit towards the end but pushing them off cliffs and stuff. Like I tried to do this a couple of times, but your enemies seem to move pretty fast and you're so clumsy and cumbersome in your movements. 
everyone seems to move faster than you, even though you're the Jedi. I found that really frustrating. Mm. Like you say, you couldn't pull stuff off walls and you couldn't like use your environment and weaponize it in a way that you would expect to be able to. That was a shame, I agree. But I definitely didn't feel like cumbersome. Like I'd describe this game as Prince of Persia meets Dark Souls, like with Star Wars. I felt the, the combat and the wall running and stuff was really fluid. I definitely felt like a super agile person in it, for sure. Did you? I felt yeah, like yeah. it was fluid, but slow. Mm. If you think to other wall running games, which, let's be honest, Respawn Entertainment very familiar with, with Apex, Titanfall, etc. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think I thought it was them. And also, you mentioned Prince of Persia there. This is more like Prince of Persia in terms of wall running. And I guess it happens maybe in, uh, does Lara Croft do it in Tomb Raider as well? I think, possibly across these gaps and stuff but i don't know if you contrast the speed of that with something like ghost runner where like oh my god everything just happens so fast i don't know i just felt like mm. running along the wall i was like how is he defying gravity for this length of time like it doesn't feel like he's running along the wall it feels like he's sort of sauntering along it mm. i guess people's reflexes are going to be so fast it must be a trade-off for developers between like precision combat where the player feels like they're really in control of what's going on and genuinely has a chance to react to attacks and things that are happening and like fast, like you say, like, because if it's fast, then it's going to be chaotic. And if you're going mm. for precision, then it can't really be chaotic at the same time. Because it's not, a, I said hack and slash towards the beginning, but it's, it's not a hack and slash. It's like, it's a, a wait and slash, isn't it? <laughs> Much closer to being a wait and slash than a hack and slash. Yeah, you're right, actually. You are right. I can recognize that as being a factor that they need to consider. Mm. Although I do sometimes think that they disadvantage you in favour of enabling like crazy moves for your enemies. Yeah. And I also think this then proves problematic when you end up in a situation whereby the game itself is so weighted towards cinematics. And there are a lot of cutscenes in this. I'm mm. talking like a 20 to 80 ratio or 2 to 8 ratio. What, what is that? 1 to 4. <laughs> <laughs> you do the math. You solve one problem. Then you solve the next one. I guess, yeah, 20-80 ratio of cinematics to actual gameplay. Mm. That's a chunk of time. In a 20-hour game, that's a chunk of time you're just sat statically watching the screen. And obviously, to make those cinematics interesting, your characters always do, like, really interesting things and, like, do moves that you just can't do in the gameplay. Like, whenever anything really interesting unfolds in this, it just cuts to a cutscene so that it can show it you rather than it happening in, in the game. Mm. That, that felt a little bit like a cop-out, I thought. Really? And also, I do not have the patience to watch fucking hours of shit cgi cutscenes <laughs> well unless the game crashes which we'll get onto, you do only have to watch them once like i thought it was quite well designed in that respect you do a boss battle and there might be a standard like mid battle switch up where something happens or like they gain a new power or something but when you fight the boss again they won't play that cutscene over and over again it'll just go straight to it without it okay that's true for bosses that is true in combat but it's not true in any other aspect of the game. So if, for instance, with a crash or with, say, you've played through the cutscene, as happened to me when I first started the game, watched this really protracted cutscene, thought, oh, it'll auto-save and then I'll quit and go have dinner or whatever. So I did quit and came back to it and then I just had to watch the whole cutscene again. And this is 2022. Well, okay, the game was 2019. <laughs> 
and there's no fucking skip cutscene button. There isn't. That is true. That is true. All right, you, you got it there. The whole of the internet <laughs> is annoyed about this, by the way, because I didn't believe it that it was still a thing. I'm sure we've talked about this in early episodes, but it's yeah, been such a long time I've forgotten that. how angry it makes me. And I went online being like, surely not. And god damn it and do you know what makes it worse even in new game plus mode which gets unlocked you still don't get a cutscene skip button like <laughs> why that's so anti-player yeah yeah that is str- it's strange you can't skip the cutscenes it's true but it's it's funny that, that you expected it to auto save because still to this day the last one we remember i remember it being prominent on was immortals phoenix rising that we played and there's that big thing at the start where it's like auto save enabled on this game don't turn off while it's saving and you're like it saves so quickly and of course it auto saves like why am i still being like alerted to this auto save feature <laughs> which was new about 30 years ago but to be fair maybe it's the wrong way around maybe they need to put a warning on it when it doesn't auto save and remove all of the warnings <laughs> for the games that do auto save yeah, I'd be right behind that. And I'll tell you what, if I saw a warning <laughs> saying, no, you cannot skip cutscenes in this game, much less likely to play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it was extra annoying for you because you didn't enjoy the cutscenes very much. I don't know. I, I did enjoy the cutscenes. Sometimes I was cringing at the dialogue, just thinking like, oh, this is not good. But I always felt like it was over pretty quickly. Like, I definitely didn't feel like it was one to four or whatever you said it was. I, I felt like, I don't know, 5% of the game was spent out of my control or something mm. okay well i think you're being generous there maybe not even that <laughs> they use the cutscenes as well to string together the way they introduce each new ability that you unlock and i thought this was so hammy mm. you don't start the game being able to do force push and pull and whatever else yeah, yeah. the very first time they introduce it it's always as a deus ex machina like every single time so the first time you i think you're dropping your lightsaber and then oh little flashback cinematic and lo and behold you remember how to do force pull Mm. And then the next time you're going to fall to your death and, oh, you remember how to do a double jump. Then you're going to drown and the phantom of your younger self rescues you. (laughs) There's a a later moment when you break all the crystals in the cave with your lightsaber and, oh, little little cutscene and BD1 has an encrypted memory that he finally decides to unencrypt for you. It's like the whole fucking plot just unfolds in these sudden revelations. You're thinking, oh, if you had a better memory, we could have solved this whole thing right at the beginning of the game <laughs> yeah I, I mean you're gonna you're gonna take the piss out of me for like my pop psychology here but although the plot of the film wasn't interesting i thought this is what it tried to do um a little bit new which was basically deal with the trauma of having his master killed and all of the jedis wiped out so i don't know he's, he's repressed all these memories in a way that, I don't know, you might if you're a kid and something really traumatic happened to you. And so that's why you're having to uncover them as the game goes on. And there's actually quite a lot in this about people being fucked up through traumatic events, which you usually wouldn't get in, well, I mean, I can't remember if it's in Star Wars that much. But, you know, like, usually you just focus on, like, oh, the action or, like, the the happy ending or the romance or whatever, rather than just, like, oh, my brain is shutting down because of, the traumatic events of my past which i think is what quite a lot of this game tells through its characters but isn't that very traditional star wars in the sense that doesn't it try and argue that basically all the people on the dark side 
and using the dark side do so because they suffered some great injustice or felt like they suffered some great injustice and in processing that they didn't come out of it being like oh there was a rationale for why that happened instead they feel wronged and they draw on that trauma to power their evil force isn't that pretty much core star wars Mm. Uh, I mean, it certainly is for, if we're starting to spoil a little bit, if we get to see her and her use of the force. Yeah. I mean, she basically uses her dark powers. She's being tortured and she's about to, I think she's about to get killed, isn't she? Or something like Mm. that. And she basically just uses the dark side to kill everyone in the room. Yeah. She just, she just lets go completely like control and then yeah, fucks everyone up. Yeah. And I don't know why that's the dark side when she does it there, but when you just walk through the world killing everyone, that's fine. That's the light side. That's fine. That's fine, that one. Well, as in stormtroopers or animals or whatever. Well, anyone, yeah. You ju- you don't have any qualms about who you're slashing up, do you? Well, no, I suppose not. Yeah. I mean, it's the classic Austin Powers scene where he shoots one of Dr. Evil's goons and then there's like a five-minute sequence of the letter being delivered to the goons family about how their dad died during work and the kid runs up to their mum being like, Mum, when's dad getting home or something like that? Hi, Mum. Sit down, Billy. I've got some bad news. Your stepfather was run over by a steamroller. But Mum, since dad left, she's been like a father to me. People never think how things affect the family of a henchman. So, yeah, I mean, you always suspend disbelief when it comes to (laughs) hitting the goons in the games, don't you? Yeah, absolutely you do. But then when they weave it into a story decision, so for instance, in this instance, Sia is all torn up. Even Mm. though she was a Jedi, she's all torn up because she ended up killing a load of people all in one go by Mm. reaching into the dark side. Mm. And that's what you're doing the whole way through the game. But what, you're not using the dark side, so it's okay. Yeah, I I think you make a fair point. It's basically, it's preposterous to try and tackle a serious topic like that, which is like quite sensitive and real and stuff with the set dressing of like slashing through stormtroopers and whatever for, for 15 hours. Yeah, there's a kind of dissonance there. And the main villain, Triller, who we've only alluded to obliquely so far, is or was Sia's little sidekick, right? Her apprentice. And am I right in thinking... Yeah, yeah. A Padawan. Might as well use the parlance of the of the universe. Oh, thank you, Taya, for bringing the vernacular <laughs> to the story. <laughs> yeah, so she was the Padawan of Seer, and I was a bit unclear on this. Seer was like, oh, I'll come back for you, mm. and got out of Dodge, and then she didn't get back in time. Is that right? And Trilla gets kidnapped, tortured, and basically feels betrayed. Yeah. Yeah. Did she betray her, though, is what I'm wondering? Or did she just not get back in time? Sia. Yeah, presumably she just didn't get back in time or got waylaid herself or captured herself or whatever it is. But you can imagine how that conversation's going between the Inquisitors and Triller. It's like, oh, she abandoned you, blah, blah, blah. You were better than that anyway. You can be more powerful with us, da, 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 da. And because she's a kid, she kind of succumbs to it. Right. Sort of like London gangs. Yeah, yeah. Although I'm pretty sure they weren't trying to to reference London gangs, but sure, why not? No, but I mean, like, yeah, recruitment—the the child soldier vibe in it. Get them young, tell them 
evil stories and then win them over to your malicious side. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It is like that. That's the Empire. Thanks to the training I received in the Empire, I have all the skills I need to make it in the real world. The Empire GI Bill helped me finish school. Hey, wait up! And I met my wife in the service. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> all that story, which we kind of summarized then, it isn't dumped on you all at once. It's kind of like you complete a planet or you complete a mission, and then you learn a little bit more about her story. And then you you relate to her with, with your with your trauma as well. Yeah, but, but, but that's a problem though, isn't it? Like, so, okay, that's one way to unfold a story, but it begs the obvious question of why don't you just say it all up front? Why are you like delivering this in little chunks it's like so frustrating and i find this in all media lack of communication in stories just undermines it's the biggest cause of plot holes i swear you could you could equally be giving like a speech as a ceo to your company being like we need better communication in this company guys <laughs> it's the biggest thing that's holding us back right now it's like oh, communication's difficult in life isn't it everyone knows it it's it's difficult even when you haven't got these like crazy circumstances around you oh no but come on like the first time you see her meets you she doesn't even tell you she was a jedi then you find out she was a jedi then it turns out she's betrayed but she doesn't tell you she kind of created her pad her evil padawan the main villain mm. and the reason that she did that is this accident that happened but she doesn't tell you the accident she's just like oh it's a misunderstanding it's a misunderstanding then eventually she tells you a little bit about it but she doesn't tell you that she reached into dark side of force and kill a load of people it's just like fucking spit it out seer be sincere tell the whole lot in one go yeah all right i'll give you some leeway here like it's a bit too long like it is quite strung out like you'd expect by kind of like the third conversation to have got all the information, but then by like the sixth or seventh conversation. Yeah, I think they might even say something like, now you're ready to learn about whatever. Like it's that sort of intro, isn't it? It's like, okay, I think you're ready to hear what I've got to say next. Cal, it's time I told you everything that happened to me when I escaped the Empire. It's like, oh, come on. It's the same with the holograms. Just put them all in one hologram. Yeah, he doesn't need to travel around the whole fucking galaxy. He can just visit one echo of the force and get all the info he needs. <laughs> mm, yeah, they did tie that up somehow, though, but I can't quite remember it now. I mean, to be fair, that's probably more of a learning thing, isn't it? In the ways of the Jedi. Because, I mean, we did do a lot of learning in this game, if I quickly jump to some of the gems of learning that I had. Oh, what? Wisdoms? Oh, yeah. Big, big time little wisdom nuggets. Yeah, failure is not the end. It's a necessary part of the path. Followed swiftly by hope will always survive in those who continue to fight. Regurgitated into it's the choice to keep fighting that makes us who we are. I mean, come on. This is literally scripting by algorithm here, isn't it? Uh, well, you have made it sound like scripting by algorithm. Foolish girl, the power is beyond your control. Verbatim line, I swear down, I'm not making this up. The power is beyond your control. That was funny. I thought, so that's from Malakos, because it sounds so evil. Malakos, so he's one of the one of the side characters that you meet on one of the planets. He's the wanderer, right? Yeah, yeah. And suffice to say, I mean, there's no prizes for guessing that he turns out to be pretty evil. Like he is, <laughs> he is, he is like in this sort of dark cloak 
and like has like i don't know scars all over his body and stuff oh my god i was reminded so much of that scene in space where he's like i've just never seen a suspicious looking man on this street before sorry i just know this street really well you know i've never seen an evil suspicious looking man here before what makes you think i'm evil and suspicious looking all right it's just been friendly because this guy looks so yeah, yeah. sinister he's just called the wanderer you learn loads of evil shit he's done in, in Echoes of the Force, but every time you walk past him, you're like, there's that old man again. And at that point in the game, I was... Because, like, we've already said the comparisons to Dark Souls are obvious, like, it really is the Dark Souls light. But at that point, I was really reminded of why I love the storytelling in Dark Souls so much. Like, it's such light-touch storytelling. Like, everything you find out about the world is through these, like, minuscule dialogues from characters that you just meet on the road and like sometimes they'll be there sometimes they won't like you'll turn up to a place expecting an npc to be there and they'll just be gone and they'll be like huh okay i was kind of expecting to be there but they're not they turn up somewhere else ah so mysterious and magical the way that the lore of that game is told to you and it's just the exact opposite of this where it's just like i met this guy and i was like "Mm, it's just so obvious like where, where this is going yeah but yeah i don't know i thought he was at least suitably evil Quite fun and villainous. He's quite an unnecessary character though, isn't he? Does he add anything? I can't remember if he actually contributes to your main quest much. He's just kind of a bit of a digression in the story, isn't he? Yeah, he's just he's just kind of set dressing for that planet, I think. And your mission for what you have to do there. He doesn't fit in in any other way, really. I mean, he tries to tempt you a bit with power and stuff. So you learn that actually that's not what you want through him. You're like, no, Malakos, I don't want the power. I just want to help the world as you say oh god yeah i forgot to say Mm. the game gives you these little summaries um when you log back in of like where you're at in the story it gives you a kind of quick textual rundown of what's going on Mm. and in this one it's like you meet malakos you clash in ideology and i was like oh that is generous they're not philosophers one goes after an absolute (laughs) thirst for power and you're looking for a mysterious box (laughs) Yeah, right. Fair enough. Like I said before, I'm laughing about it because it is funny, but I honestly, I didn't hate it. I didn't find the, basically the story didn't detract from my overall experience of the game, which was just like really enjoying playing it. When I was slashing my lightsaber and climbing up ropes and running along walls and finding my path to the next objective, like it was just so engaging and fun. Yeah, I think you're right on that. For me, I just kind of wish it wasn't a Star Wars skin. I feel Mm. like if it had been skinned like God of War, which actually like a lot of the mechanics are like you're climbing the terrain the walls and stuff is a bit sort of god of war or dark siders or something mm. or if it's just anything a bit more original might have kept my interest but in a way it backfired that it was star wars for me because i was sort of just turned off by it mm. so i had this clash of enjoying the actual gameplay but being just really bored by what was actually unfolding mm-hmm. uh, which was unfortunate but i do think you're right i think probably if you aren't like me and you're actually really into the lore then you'll get a kick out of that and the gameplay is good. So it could be a win-win for you. Yeah. Did you not even get a kick when you get to choose your lightsaber color at the end? One of the missions towards the end of the game, your lightsaber breaks. Another thing which always seems to happen in Star Wars films, content, whatever. And then you go to get the crystal and then at the moment that you pick it up and you find it, you think it's smashed and you hold it up and you can like choose your lightsaber color. I was like, yes, I wanted a purple lightsaber this whole game. I didn't think it was going to give it to me. But I did. I got my purple lightsaber. Mace Windu. Who we had to talk to about your lightsaber color? Oh, well, good guys are green and blue, bad guys are red. That's just the way it works. No purple lightsaber? 
Yeah, you might get purple. I mean, I didn't mind choosing the colour. I thought the cracking crystal of the lightsaber was the stupidest moment. That's one of two stupid moments in the game. That one was so inexplicable. Your character, Cal, has like this vision of his past or whatever, and he sort of fights his old master in his mind. This whole thing isn't happening, to be clear. It's all in his mind. And then at the end of it, he's just squeezed his lightsaber too tight and crushed the handle. Accidentally broken the crystal in it. That's literally what happens, isn't it? I'm not getting that wrong. Yeah. He literally has a sort of vision, like he's holding a glass, like an actual glass, a bit too tight, and he just cracks the glass. And he's like, oh, but it's a lightsaber. You can't just squeeze it too hard. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the way that's explained is that Cal has this quite rare force ability, which is when he touches objects, he can hear their history. So it's almost like he experiences the history of the object when he touches it. Revealed in the cheesiest way possible was like Ed Sheeran coming into Game of Thrones, where he kind of like picks up this space guitar in the ship the first time he gets on and then starts like <laughs> twinging this little, <laughs> this little tune. That is a great reference. <laughs> and then she comes over like, oh, you play that really well. And he's like, no, I've never picked it up before in my life. <laughs> For hands of gold are always gold, but a woman's hands are warm. Four hands of gold are always cold, but a woman's hands are... It's a pretty song. I've never heard it before. It's a new one. Which is also, I thought, a hilarious game mechanic, because one of the ways you can get experience is by finding these little, like, points on the map which you touch and then you hear a little story echoes in the force they call them echoes yeah force echoes which i just thought was quite like just such a banal thing to add so it's like a force ability which you've added to the character so like it's canon now there's this like ability that some jedis have to touch things and hear the experiences of the object but then the real reason they've done that is just as a mechanic to get xp and it just felt like (laughs) i don't know it just felt so shallow. They're all voiced and stuff, which is nice. So you actually like hear these moments from the past. Sometimes they're okay. Other times they're just so bad. Yeah. Like Cal's like, mm. it appears that people ate food and took shelter here. And you're like, yeah, no shit. It's a fucking tent. Like, <laughs> you didn't need your force power. To yeah, that's true. That. But I don't know. I just laugh those bits off. But that's what I was saying before about the Wanderer is that <laughs> Um, when you first meet him and he is just a guy looking shady with his hood and then when you disappear off to carry on in the world a little bit you find loads of force echoes that reveal who he is and it becomes very obvious that he's this villainous character but when you next meet him it's almost like they haven't written that into the game so your character's still like oh there's that old man again and you're like well you know he's not just an old man you've just been listening to all these force echoes yeah he hasn't caught on but again that's so star wars it's so star wars it's like the main sith the emperor for the first three episodes of star wars it's, like, it's, it's him it's so obviously him it's chancellor palpatine you fools it's like why can't you see it <laughs> look he's wearing the same cloak it's obviously him <laughs> why could none of you jedi see it's this the superman school clark kent school of disguise just put some glasses on <laughs> jobs again it is it really is and they're all jedi like they're all meant to be able to sense that stuff so funny so funny i don't know i just enjoy it i really do just enjoy it so yeah that's that's maybe why it landed for me a little bit better well in the positives i did also want to say i mean it's a star wars game so it kind of goes without saying but the music is fucking great one thing i did just think the whole time is like I don't know that there's been another cinematic universe with such a consistently great soundtrack. Mm. 
Yeah. And it's just, it's brilliant. Even though it's a bit silly at times with the big swelling crescendos to really tiny reveals and stuff like that and just changing scenes. It's a joy to experience. Agreed. I mean, they really don't skimp on the music either, do they, for this game? Basically, it feels like the orchestra is in their room the entire time. So you'll fall off a ledge and it'll be that crescendo, like I said, and then they'll just be like the, or like just a few little plonks. To show you that, like, oh, it's like you're safe now, or a little bit of light relief. Yeah, exactly. It feels like you're listening to a full on symphonic score. Um, that adapts to the world that you're you're in and mm. the action that's taking place on screen at any given time. And that is really cool. talk about bugs and crashes because we both encountered a fair few didn't we oh yeah we haven't mentioned it yet you want you want to go first one of them was i got trapped in a locked room with a boss but the boss hadn't spawned so i was literally just trapped in this boss arena running around and around and around i was like okay now i definitely can't get out of this room and had to quit and relaunch that actually happened to me a couple of times and i know what triggers it it's when you first fight the boss so it kind of opens the arena for you to fight them in. The boss has killed you, so you've respawned. And then when you run back to the boss, you enter their arena, but they haven't spawned. It's almost like they kind of got lost at a certain point, but you're still locked in that environment. That happened to me a couple of times. And there's another section with bounty hunters, the same deal, where essentially bounty hunters were meant to spawn, but they didn't. And I was just sort of waiting, wondering how the plot progressed. Because what's meant to happen is the bounty hunters spawn, capture you, take you to the prison. But that just wasn't happening for me. And then when they eventually did spawn, it kept crashing to desktop, which I think, if I'm right in saying, happened to you as well, right? Yeah, I didn't encounter any um, any bugs like that in the game itself. But basically, just my computer totally shut down. Well, there'd be maybe like three different types of crashes. One, a bit more of an official crash, where I'd actually get like a, a little error log from the game saying like, sorry, the game's crashed. We try not to make this happen, send a report. Another one where it would crash to desktop and you wouldn't get that. And another one, the worst one, the one that makes you feel like, oh, I don't know if I want to open this game because it's destroying my computer. It was the blue screen of death. Oh my God, you got the B-sod. The B-sod, the B-sod. And I looked it up and everyone says it's like, oh, it's not a dangerous B-sod. Like everyone gets this. It can be like so many different things that it could be that it's like impossible to troubleshoot. But either way, it's just, it's not very nice, is it? When you feel like a, a game is kind of, gutting the insides of the computer no and especially because you've got a really good computer yeah. and i've got a really good computer not bragging just saying mm. and as a result you don't expect that like new games that are coming out this year i can run top spec and 
they're buttery smooth. So it's really frustrating when you get these crashes. I had the same thing. I had the crash to desktop happened in the exact same place for me every time. Mm. And it was a fight with some bounty hunters. So when they did spawn, I was fighting those bounty hunters mm. and they're meant to stun you and then you wake up in prison. But for me, it just crashed every single time. So I, I almost was like, I'm just done with this. I'm not gonna play it. Cause it genuinely happened about 10 times. And then I found some guy being like, oh, verify your Steam files and re-download it and blah, blah. And I was mm -hmm. like, ah, speed of internet these days, I'll give it a whirl. Thankfully that worked, but it was annoying. And I wasn't gonna raise it at all because I thought it was just me, but then it happened to you as well. So now I'm thinking like, what proportion of players does this happen to? <laughs> Yeah, and especially on the game, as we've already said, which doesn't have autosave. So yeah, like, I'm a big fan of save points or like the Dark Souls bonfire system. Love it. But if your game's going to crash, then you're taking the piss a bit, aren't you? Yeah, you are. But you didn't want to end on it, so let's not end on it. I've got a better ending point. What is it? They just announced a fucking sequel, mate. Oh, we yeah. We actually couldn't have picked a better time to play this game. It's true, I saw that as well. They've just announced um, Star Wars Jedi... Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Survivor is what they've just announced. I think there might even be a colon in there. Star Wars Jedi colon Survivor. Yeah. I'm not particularly surprised because this game, I thought it was good. I imagine a lot of people enjoyed it. And... Well, I've got an obvious question for you. Are you going to play the sequel? Well, I mean, pro probably not. <laughs> not a rather good compliment, is it? But that's why it's a relevant question because, I mean... That's how I felt. I was like, yeah, I've done this. I don't think I need to play another. Basically, if, if I'm going to play a game like this, I'd choose Dark Souls every time. And like, I still haven't played Bloodborne, I haven't played Elden Ring. Obviously, those games would come first. So basically, lots of games would come before playing this one. But I was really glad that I did play this one and I enjoyed it a lot. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, next game, to Oh, no, that's not the end. We should end it on the end of the actual game, right? Because the, the big man himself turns up. At the end, you find out that, like, obviously you're facing off against Triller. I mean, it's not much of a spoiler, really, is it? Star Wars. But then, yeah, Darth Vader. Darth Vader himself turns up. Starts destroying the place, and you're, like, you're on the run from him, trying to escape him. Darth Vader has got some next level force. I'm not gonna lie, I literally burst out laughing, like actual laughing, when I think it's Sia attacks him. Yeah. And he <laughs> flicks his hand and she goes flying off a cliff. She literally doesn't even make contact. She just charges at him. And you're thinking, no one's gonna have a chance against this guy. And it was so effortless. It's like he doesn't even notice her. He just waves his hand and she goes flying. Man alive, it was slapstick gold. Run! No! Yeah, that was really good. So yeah, you're escaping him. But fortunately, Darth Vader's only weakness, obviously, is water. Like, he's so heavy that he can't swim. And really bad design. They decided to have their super secret headquarters underwater. Like, it's an aqua base. So, so yeah. It's so comedy. So yeah, like, you escape through the, the glass tunnel, Subnautica style. And then you just see Vader, like, force pushing the sea back out because he doesn't even want to get, like, his finger wet. <laughs> So that stops him in his tracks and, and then you escape, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was a pretty cinematic and fun and enjoyable ending that to have him turn up there. It was nice to have a bit of Darth Vader yeah, yeah. showing up, yeah. 
I agree. Although when he did show up, like I said, I was like, okay, no one's, why is anyone trying to fight this guy? This guy's an absolute giant. I mean, no one's parted the ocean since God did it, right? In the Bible. I don't know, Moses? Was he before God or after? <laughs> Moses didn't do it though, did he? He just was like, oh. oh. Oh, so God's the one in the background pulling the strings? Yeah, yeah, God's, oh, okay. God's, of course, God's <laughs> always pulling the strings, mate. It's the way he works, mysterious ways. Strings. Strings. <laughs> yeah. With this staff, you shall do my wonders. All right, yes. What are we playing next? We are playing Manifold Garden. Mm, yes, Manifold Garden. Just a total change of pace. Nice little trippy puzzler. Looks nice, this one. And I hadn't heard of it before you sent it me. Hoping for like a, I don't know, a portal-like experience, perhaps. Yeah. But I haven't looked up anything about it, so. Very different ballpark. Is it? Anyway, because we've done some, well, I mean, like different ballpark to this. Oh, yeah, yeah, very game much. And the horror survival game we did, and we've done some first-person stuff. Whereas this is, um, yeah, classic puzzler. Cool. Changing it up, keeping things fresh, keeping the listeners on their toes, Ted. <laughs> yeah. They love it. As always. If you do love it, don't forget to check us out, pixelvision.net. Sign up with your email if you're uh, interested in getting some articles through, some reflections. Well remembered. You've been writing a few recently, haven't you, Ben? Yeah, put a few out. I've got some in the pipeline. They've been in the pipeline for quite some time. Hopefully they're not too stewed alive. <laughs> from how long they've been in the pipeline <laughs> but yeah from 2007 <laughs> <laughs> my definitive review of star wars the phantom menace mate that is a <laughs> review that would get us clicks i tell you you should put that out <laughs> got a bad feeling about this maybe <laughs> what is that from it's bolo oh, yeah. the, the, the massive the massive ape oh, i've got man. a bad feeling about this okay i'll try i'll try not to bolo right <clears throat> i've got a bad feeling about this just bolo enjoy the show <laughs>